Welcome to another Wednesday. You're here with Kyara, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and chatting with a new amazing guest. And you get to listen because on Wednesdays, we do podcasts. Welcome to another Wednesday, and thanks again for tuning in to my podcast on Wednesdays, where I sit down each week with an inspiring person. This week, you'll have the pleasure of meeting Jess. Jess, welcome. Thanks for having me. Notice that I included the word inspiring. (laughs) Does that overwhelm you? Uh, Yes, mildly. (laughs) So Jess, aside from being my boss's wife, tell everyone in a short, concise way who you are. Who is Jess? Who is Jess? Uh, Well, I am a chiropractor. I enjoy traveling I don't you sent this through to me today and I was just like fuck I don't even know what to say like (laughs) who am I who is Jess (laughs) who is Jess I know it's such a confronting thing isn't it like when I first started I was like I am nowhere near exciting enough to be on a podcast like what am I going to talk about all the time and you said the same thing like yep but you are okay cool well we'll, we'll, we are yet to find out like (laughs) (laughs) so I mean my life's pretty unexciting but the amount of people that have messaged in the page and and found something to connect to just blows my mind so I'm looking forward to everybody hearing your story so you're not originally from the Riverland are you where did you come from where did I come from um <laughs> where did you go where did you come? called Victoria <laughs> <laughs> no so I grew up in Albury-Wodonga and uh then went to Melbourne for uni and worked for a bit and then I got a job offer here and I came here for a couple of years and was applying to move to Peru. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and anyway, you're still here. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Um, So chiropractor. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm a patient. Let's breathe some patient confidentiality. I can't speak to that. Uh, One UDL and I'm done. Um, (laughs) But you're a chiropractor. So what is it that your job actually is? Let's be honest. It's not just cracking facts. No. I don't see it as that. Well, a lot of people do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you do on a daily basis that actually helps people? That actually helps people. Well, I like to look at it as we are, well, you talked about connecting. Like people are looking for connection. I think they're looking for connection within themselves as well. So to me, what I do is we we talk about the spine, the nervous system being a pretty important part of, I guess, the body and people. And so if it's all functioning well and moving well, they're able to be the best versions of themselves and it sort of express themselves fully. Yeah, you're always like, Kyara, you need to deal with all of your shit. Like I can, you're like a a witch doctor. I feel like you can feel all of these things that I don't want people to like ever know about me and it it does, it stresses me out. I'm like, oh no, I have to go see Jess and she's going to like know that I haven't dealt with this and I'm, you know, angry in my lower back or whatever. It always stresses me out. But in all honesty, (laughs) okay, the idea of chiropractic is to uh, balance your body's resistance versus the stressors, so it's not actually meant to be a stress in itself. I know, it's so funny. <laughs> I was talking to Leonie last week and um, she was saying like something that, you know, you have to deal with when you're dealing with your health is to eliminate as much stress as possible. I was like, fuck, I'm on the wrong path, eh? <laughs> I just keep introducing stresses into my life. Stress can be good or bad, though. It's how we view them and it's the connotations we place on it. Yeah, this is something that you and I talk about all the time, isn't it? It's about the way that you view things and how people may view stresses, uh, feelings, emotions. They have extremes. Yep. They have splits. They have splits. Yeah, because anything we label good or bad, we've got to split on. We haven't actually acknowledged that there's good and bad in every situation. Yep. Yeah, interesting. I can't wait to do more about that. So um, in episode one of season one, uh, Mariam and I discussed Marie Kondo and you were actually the person that introduced this to me. (laughs) So what's your experience been? Is it something that you still, is it something that you still do? It's something that I need to do again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I love the idea of it. So the hilarious thing is I am quite cluttered and... Messy. Yeah, I'm pretty messy. (laughs) messy so it's quite hilarious that I decided I wanted to do this and just chuck everything out of my house I like the idea of I remember deciding I was going to be a minimalist and that didn't pan out so well because I also love shopping don't we all love shopping though I mean I'm with you you do like shopping probably a little bit too much me yes do I (laughs) yeah for sure Kyra do you like this yeah yeah I do like it how much is it no you don't need that (laughs) 
Excuse me, that was for my non-wedding. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> There's been other things since then. So <laughs> now I have had the absolute pleasure of meeting your family because for everybody listening at home, I um, got to, and I don't know how the correct wording is for this, but I got to marry Jess and her husband, weird saying that, Ben, um, over <laughs> Easter. So I did get to meet your parents. But um, what what is your familial structure? Who are they? What do they do? What do they do? Yeah. Um, like job-wise, yeah. people-wise? I don't know. People-wise. What? Uh, well, Dad is a business banker and Mum is, well, she works at Coles and she was like stay-at-home mum. Yeah. Raised the children. Wow. So when you left home, did you like leave them too? Like because when I left home, I like proper left home. I was like, catch us so you never. Like I just, <laughs> I just don't, I don't like, it's not that I don't like going back. It's just that I like my own space now and I don't know. I like de-parented. De-parented. Oh, no, yeah, I probably didn't so much. Um, <laughs> I was probably home a lot of weekends when I first moved out. <laughs> I did clear everything out of my room, though, and mum still talks about it this day that it broke her heart, me packing up everything and moving down to Melbourne. <gasps> you broke your mum's heart. Yeah, well, that's what she, you know, she was really fulfilled by. Being like, a parent. Yeah. Especially a stay-at-home mum. Very it would much be, so. Like an end of an era, wouldn't it? She was like, like as a as kids, like we would play dress ups all the time. She made us act out Cinderella, like all these. You know, Dad would come home and like he'd be like, "What have you guys been up to?" Sorry, we're in the middle of a play. Like, <laughs> Dad, you're interrupting. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so yeah, she was really fulfilled by that. So yes, leaving home was probably pretty. It's funny because your mum was like obviously very hands on. I don't. I mean, my mum may have. I could have been Cinderella, but I don't remember that. <laughs> and I remember when I moved out, I didn't move my bedroom out just in case things didn't work out, you know. I, like, <laughs> left all of my shit there. And then, like, mum packed it into boxes and was like, Clara, come pick up your shit or I'm throwing it. <laughs> And I guess that's, like, very different upbringing. So, you know, when you're a parent, is that the sort of mum you want to be? Like, or are you going to be? That's Ooh, hard, isn't it? Off the deep end, hard. if you want to be a parent. I don't know. That's none of Well, mine, it's – so I've done a lot of study in neurodevelopment and – pediatric studies so it and I think a lot of it stems from a fear of being a parent in all honesty like it's it is scary. you know zero to five are really important years the more I learn the more I'm like whoa there's so many opportunities to fuck these children up <laughs> I'm gonna make or break these kids <sighs> I know it's hard isn't it yeah I don't know I don't want to be a stay-at-home parent I don't have what it takes yeah I'm gonna let some professional raise my child well if they're fulfilled by it like you um, who was JFK's mum? Was she Rose Kennedy or someone? Mm. Her, her purpose, her higher mission in life was to raise future presidents of the United States of America. And she did it. Yeah. Bitch achieved her goals. That's So, you know, there are people that love that. I just want good people. I just want to raise good people. Well, you're just putting in a connotation on that. Define good. Just people that care. I don't know. <laughs> Stop that. Stop you don't splitting. even want children yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I, what really shits me about kids is when people raise shit kids and they put me off children. Like, I feel like it's not that I don't want children. I just don't want shit ones. And I know that there's like probably a pretty high chance being me that they're going to be shit. Well. That's hard, isn't it? Well, will they or will you learn from your experiences and alter what you're doing? I don't know. I had a bad mum moment yesterday. Yeah. With my fur babies. With your dogs. Yeah. So I went and washed them mm-hmm. at the dog wash and Ben was in at work because that's where the dog wash is, I don't know, fixing something on a car. So I was doing it by myself and normally I don't. I normally just stand there as moral support for Ben. Clapping. Yep. yep. And so we've got two water collies and then a little yappy miniature dash hound and the miniature dash hound is going mental because another dog rocks up. And then I was like, that's it, I'm going to put him in the car. So I start the car and I've got him in there. Locked so in the car. Already, already on my bad mum moment. <laughs> I like the car's running, like he can breathe, it's okay, yeah, yeah. it's not a hot day. And then the border collies get out and then they're trying to fight this other dog through the fence because They're border collies. Yeah. They do Protective. not they do not enjoy other dogs. Yeah. And meanwhile, there's another dog and a family sitting there waiting. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm the shittest dog parent ever. And I just called Ben. I was like, I need you here now. Like, <laughs> and I was like, is this what I'm going to be like as an actual yeah, parent? Like, for can sure. I do this? Somebody help me. Yeah, I mean, at least you wash your dog. I don't even wash my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's like, I don't oh, anymore. No, Jamie's like, Kyrie, can you go pick up Lenny? I'm like, can you? 
Like, mm. <laughs> Clara, can you go get the kids from childcare? Can you? Like, <laughs> I, I've had a big day, you know, like being customer facing and stuff. It overwhelms me. Shit. Well, no, yeah. And like the thing is, like, I am very fulfilled by what I do. I love my work, if you could call it work. I get very energized even when I'm fatigued, blown out by being in practice. And so then the thought of raising children mildly scares me. Yeah, because you have to give that up. Yeah. That's scary. Do I have to, though? Yeah. I mean, if you want to be your mum, you do. Who said that? <laughs> you did. Did you I? You wanted to be Cinderella. No, I you didn't. To be Cinderella. I, I made those words up. It, uh, I don't. Well, want... my brothers were the ugly stepsisters. <laughs> <laughs> I can really imagine. My favourite. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It is. It's really funny. Uh, you know, it, what always, we always sit down and have these chats which turn into like these deep, like overwhelming conversations. And then <laughs> I always like go home and like reassess my life. <laughs> I I do, I do. But nobody ever does that to me because I'm always the person doing that to them and it's so nice that somebody finally holds me accountable for my shit. Yeah. You know, I sit here and I tell people like, oh, you know, I'm not stressed and I don't feel stressed, right? Like I cope very well with stress and then like once a year I'll have a breakdown. What do you define as stress? I don't know. Don't ask me this shit. We talked about this. I don't know. But, you know, like I just feel like people – you, was this one of our boundaries? Yeah, okay. yeah. No, we didn't. <laughs> I told Jess to set boundaries for me, so I didn't intrude on them. I don't have boundaries. People can cross those lines. I just don't know what stress is supposed to feel like. You know, people say throw these words around. I'm going to throw some, and I'm apologies if these offend you, but podcast, you don't have to listen. People throw these words around like stress, anxiety, depression to a level. And because I don't understand them, I genuinely don't feel them. I don't feel them because I don't understand them. I don't know what the right way around it is. And people are like, oh, do you ever get anxious? I'm like, is anxiety is anxiety a feeling or is it butterflies? Is it like I don't think I've ever felt truly anxious. I've felt nervous, like butterflies in my stomach, like at the start of a swimming race or at the start of a netball game or, you know, when you do something that's slightly out of your comfort zone. But I don't feel I don't feel like I've been genuinely anxious ever. Well, anxious and anxiety are two different things. Okay, cool. Good well, learning curve. Well, anxiety is like the, the diagnosis. Yes. yes. Being anxious could be part of it. It's like depression versus being depressed as well. So people will bandy about these terms sometimes when perhaps, yeah, like periods of anxiousness can happen, periods of being depressed can happen but it doesn't necessarily mean you have the clinical diagnosis associated with it as well yeah yeah I just don't feel like I I don't know maybe everyone feels it differently though yeah so I was quite anxious about having to do this podcast listen to me having to do this podcast having to like I forced her to do it she didn't force me I I rocked up yeah (laughs) I turned I tried to miss the driveway she (laughs) weighed me down I stood out the front waving (laughs) um but no it is and stepping outside of something that is your comfort zone is overwhelming but it's something that I constantly do to myself and I don't know whether that's because I just sometimes want to feel stressed or you want a challenge yeah I don't know I mean so being anxious is just a fear of the future when you don't know what's happening I don't know, but I always know that it's going to work out. Maybe that's my thing. You know, everything I've done, this is terrible and I feel like I'm giving myself (laughs) tickets, but everything I've done has always worked. Like I've never really truly fucked up anything or like really... What is your definition of fucked up? Oh, you know, like a a failed business venture or, you know, uh, something creative. Like I've never truly been not proud of something that I've done. Everything just works out. Like, I feel like everything I do just falls into place. Like, that, I've said that. Like, my life was easy. Do you feel that way too? Like, I feel like you're pretty successful for your age. Do you feel like it's just worked out? Well, I feel like people have the view that you're successful. Okay. But what up. is it? Well, well, you've got three practices, employees, blah, blah, blah. Like, you've worked hard for it. I'm not disagreeing. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disagreeing that you had to put some effort in. But you just fell in your lap. Like. But do you feel like it's been in comparison to other people, because that's what we do in our lives. We compare ourselves to others. You're not supposed to do it, but we do. Do you feel like in comparison to others, you've done pretty all right for yourself and that it wasn't, was it hard? Yeah, there's definitely been hard moments. However, it's that whole view of it. Like you can spin it how you want to spin it. Yeah, I'm good at spinning stories. It's all worked out. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, I mean, if I think if you delve deeper into it, there'd be times of the highs and lows. Yeah, there's like been 90-hour weeks. There's been all of that shit. So if but you I forget about that highs, because it's good. It's good. Divine good. Oh, <laughs> listen to this. I don't know. but It's fulfilling. It is. It's the word you're looking for. Yeah, and I... I work for a purpose, like I work towards something all the time. Like I feel like when you stop working towards something, you just sort of plateau. So I'm always looking for the next something to work towards, yep. whether it be a purchase or a, an achievement or a goal, whatever. Yep. You know, I work towards that. And when I don't have something to work towards to, that's when I sort of like go, am I fulfilled? Yeah. Do you ever feel unfulfilled? Well, just you sending through those little notes and just probably reflecting on where I'm at, like, there's lots of things that I'm working towards and I was like, oh, my God, there's so many of these things I'm working towards at the moment that I actually feel like I've lost a little bit of sight of what is fulfilling me and what I am working towards and why. Yeah, it is really hard and sometimes, like, taking a step back from it is, you know, obviously you have 20-20 vision in hindsight, but at the start of the year I promised myself that I was only going to do things that made me happy, obviously aside from the stuff that you got to do like going to work. Don't get me wrong. I love going to work, but it's something that you got to do. If I didn't have to, I wouldn't. One day I'm going to work for me. At the moment I'm working for someone. But, you know, I'm doing this podcast not for money. We don't earn money by doing this. I'm doing it because I really enjoy You're it. You're paying me? What? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Should have hit that first. No. Um, but, yeah, I, we don't do it for money. Um, I do it because I get to meet loads of inspiring, amazing people and hear feedback from people and what they do. Um, you know, I do the weddings because, fuck, that's, like, amazing. Like, I got to marry Jess, like I said, and I don't... Not marry me. She married Yeah, I know. It's the wording's really weird. Like, <laughs> I had the pleasure of creating marriage. I don't know. I didn't marry Jess, even though that is legal. We, we didn't get married. I married them. Um, the wording's not quite nailed yet. But so can we talk about the funeral you did? <sighs> no. Okay. It's a boundary. No, I was saying... <laughs> So I did a funeral and I did discuss it briefly um, in last week's episode, but the absolute uh, boundaries or uh, feelings that I had to allow in was something that I have never, ever done before. Like I've always been the opposite of empathetic. Like I don't don't give in to people's emotions. I don't care to take them on. I don't – if I feel something, I feel it, but I don't – yeah, you know what I mean? Like I don't – if someone else is sad, I don't feel sad for them. That's that's sympathy, not empathy. Yeah, okay. Yep. You, okay. You, you're saying it's the opposite of sympathy, not... Yeah, whatever. Yep. I don't have feelings. No, no, what? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, they're very different things. Okay. <laughs> so what am I? I'm, I feel like genuinely if I care for someone, I may feel sad for them, but I don't care to buy into it, I guess. But that's it, empathy. That's empathy. So that's you can sit with someone and you can be like, wow, that's what you're feeling. I'm here, I'm holding space, and I'm not taking that on. Okay, so I'm empathetic, I'm not sympathetic. Is that what you're saying? Okay. So I'm not sympathetic, but at this funeral, I said to the um, lovely family, like a friend of our families, that I was like, no, I don't I don't think I'm the right person for the job. And they're like, what do you mean? You'd be perfect. Like, you're an amazing public speaker. I was like, well, what's that got to do with doing a funeral, for <laughs> one? Like, you don't have to be a good public speaker. And I actually said, you know, anyone can do a funeral. It's not a legal proceeding. Like, person is already dead. It's a farewell. Anyway, they're like, no, you have to be the one. I'm like, let me sit on it. So I sat on it and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it because if I don't feel comfortable in doing it, I'm going to push myself past the comfort zone. I'm going to do it. Anyway, so I did it and I cried. (laughs) I cried in front of 140 people for like 20 seconds, like 20 seconds maybe, if that sucked the tears back in. I know she's... Jess is looking at me like you cried in front of people. No, I'm looking at you like, wow, you have such a strong reaction to crying in front of people. Yeah, but I didn't cry. I cried at this time that, like, right at the very end. So I held it together for, like, 45 minutes and and I cried at the end when everybody else had stopped crying and it was just, like, this overwhelming sense of I'd let all of my walls down and let all of their feelings in which I never ever do like for the first time in my life I was maybe sympathetic of people's emotion like crying doesn't bring that person back I've never understood that feeling it's also the second funeral I've ever been to so oh wow yeah me and death I don't know I've just never really dealt I've never had anyone around me die okay so anywho um 
And I pulled myself back together, sorted myself out. And then after the funeral, there was like 140 people. I'd say half of them came up and hugged me. You know how I am with hugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I needed those hugs that day and I allowed myself to, you know, let that happiness that people felt in. Because they said, Clara, you did an amazing job. She would have loved it. And that's all that really matters, isn't it? Like the, the person that you're doing the funeral of, it's what they would have wanted. Mm. So I got lots of hugs and, and whatever, but it's something that I won't do again because I don't. Well, I think it was important because that I. Feelings. Because feelings. Damn feelings. Damn feelings. I don't know. Have you ever, like, cried in public? I'm going to say, yeah, probably. I can't think of anything. Because you've blocked it out right because it's horrific. Is it horrific? Like, what is this societal view that we can't cry or no, do anything in public? <laughs> my dad's a crier. Yep. My dad is, like, a very emotional person. So minute two of said funeral, because dad came, A, because he knew the lady, B, because I was doing the funeral and wanted to be supportive, etc. Mum was there too. Different story. Anyway, so um, <laughs> dad came and minute two of the funeral, which it wasn't sad at this point. It was actually quite funny. I tried to make it funny at the start. Dad's crying. I look out into the audience and dad's sitting there like, like red-faced and teary, and I was like, <laughs> looked back down at my page, I was like, Shit, don't look at him. Like, what's going on? <laughs> but it's really interesting because my grandpa, the the Anglican priest guy, he used to cry all the time, like proudly. I don't know. It's just something that I never see. Okay. Do you see men cry? Do I see? Well, no, particularly not men. No. It's very rare, isn't it? It is. It's like reflective like it's a, it's lovely mm. but I don't know I am um, I <laughs> it's probably funerals <laughs> it's probably funerals no but my dad my dad will cry at a wedding my dad will cry at, like all the time well like there could be tears of gratitude like joy yeah and person, dad dad like... messaged me and said I am so proud of you like I think he was crying because he was proud of me yeah which like he didn't ever get to see me like you know graduate university or anything so her first funeral. Um, my parents couldn't wait to get to the pub across the road, so, like, that shit is overrated, just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Crying. Oh, my God, my first vodka. How amazing. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we actually always compare our, like, um, relationships with our mums. Yes. It's something that, you know, because mum and I are very similar um, but not very, like, close. Yep. Because we're so similar that we, like, clash heads. What's you – what – what are you and your mum like? You're lucky you don't have to live in the same state as her. Yeah, and I think, like, <laughs> thank goodness, as much as we were like, oh, we'd love to see each other more often, like, would we? Yeah. Would we really? We'd really piss each other off. Yeah, we would. Um, look, yeah, like, we're quite close. We talk a few times a week and she just sent me a jumper in the mail. Yeah, my mum does her. that. Yeah. My mum does that and I love that. Like, I was, you know, I was like, oh, I've got a cold didn't have a cold. Anyway, um, um, I was like, I've got a cold. And mum's like, oh, I'll bring you in some soup. You know, bought me some soup because I want some soup. So, like, loads of really important stuff. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's really funny. So I talk about with everyone that I have on the podcast, um, their belief systems, religions, things like that. Do you have anything in particular that you can recall growing up um, that was something like ideals, beliefs that, made you you or that oh, you still live 100%. by? That I still live by? No. <laughs> Not quite. No? But um, that when you were growing up? Yeah. Like, so we were raised Catholic and, like, I did, like, my Eucharist and First Communion and all that sort of stuff. And You ate the bickies I ate, and drank the wine. I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, well, I don't know. Like, I full on, I reckon I remember being a teenager and being like, yeah, like, Oh, I won't have sex before marriage, and I stuck to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got married two weeks ago, guys. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, like there was those belief systems, but even like in terms of relationships, like my mum and dad were together since they were like 15, my aunt and uncle who were other, like they're like my Your parents. Your parental figures, yeah. Yeah, like they were together since they were like 15 and stuff, so I had this idea in my head that that's sort of what happened in life. And I think I believe that the stork, the stork would bring babies. Wouldn't it be for good far though? Too long. <laughs> far too long. Far too long. Far too long. I know. It does. I mean, you're lucky because your parents are still together, yeah? Like, mm-hmm. and your aunt and uncle are together. Mm-hmm. And it sets this, like, uh, idealistic view of what a relationship Very should idealistic. be like. Um, I mean, obviously, you're married now and life's amazing, all of that bullshit. Did you have 
many boyfriends growing up. Yeah, I was probably always... Dad used to joke that I'd always have the next one ready to go. <laughs> He's an arsehole. <laughs> but yeah, like, line-up of boys. No, not a line-up. He just reckons I... No. No! <laughs> you made it sound like you always had the next one yes, ready. Like, no, sorry, that's not what I Take a ticket, boys. No, that is not what I meant. <laughs> but yeah, you had a couple of boyfriends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just... Uh, good on you. Like, you got to do that stuff. And I don't know. I just... I was So I was like... a. I'd always been long-term relationships. Yeah. I, I, like, I never did the one-night stand thing. Never. Me either. I mean, judging you. You and Jamie met at high school. Yeah, I know. It's disgusting, isn't it's it? It's not disgusting. So, work, as much as we say, oh, it's idealistic, like, well, it still happens. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But your parents got married. We're not married. Reminder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I throw them in there like he listens to this, but in all honesty... Jamie has listened to every episode of this, and I genuinely thought he wasn't going to. Oh, bless him. But he's like, I want to hear you talking about me. I'm like, I don't talk about you. You say, oh. <laughs> and I lied. I, I mean, I don't talk about him often. It could be worse. Like, <laughs> it could be way worse, <laughs> couldn't it, really? Um, but, yeah, I, your parents set this idealistic view of what marriage and relationships should be, and... It's something to strive for, isn't it? Like, you just can't sweat the small stuff. Like, I don't know. Even though my parents are separated now, divorced, I actually think, but, um, you know, they still – I did hear them fight every now and again, but it wasn't like we lived in an unhappy household or Mm. anything like that. Um, But do you think that that's made you a better partner? People can't see your facial expressions on the podcast. Oh, sorry. Jess. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think it's your previous previous experiences that lead you to where you are. So yes, that would be part of it. As would each past relationship. You know, we get caught up on oh, you know, we can't talk about exes or like um, my ex is a dickhead or whatever. Well, they got you to where you are now. So why did you and your ex not work out? Like your last ex. <laughs> Is that oh. a boundary? Do it. Is Tell it a us. boundary? No. Oh, so Simon was like your quintessential Aussie bogan. And Ben's not that? No, no, he's not. Way. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, he's no not. Um, and, well, in all honesty, it was once I graduated and started, uh, I guess, working, earning money, that it became an issue in that female male, male dynamic. Role. Yeah. 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 Do you, I, no, that's how I see it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, nothing pisses me off more than the idea that, like, you know, women can't, can't work as hard or can't. Yeah. You know, you're really lucky because you and Ben both work a lot. Same yeah. as Jamie and I. Like, I never, he never's like, oh, why were you home so late from work? It's just like, oh, you had a big day. You yeah. know, never ever saying that you can't do more. But you can imagine with a different person that didn't work as hard that maybe you wouldn't be in the position that you are. No way. Like, you're encouraged to work harder and do more. and Yeah, well, definitely. Like, without Ben's support and his challenges, I would, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have bought the businesses with Dan. Like, yeah, Dan yeah. is my business partner for those of you. No, it's her second husband, home. everyone. Yeah, my work husband. <laughs> yeah, work husband, yeah. Um, and Ben's my work husband. <laughs> he doesn't know that yet. He doesn't probably listen. But, you know, um, I always find myself, like, cheered on. Do you feel like... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I love being backclapped in the background telling me that I'm doing a great job. Yeah. And not that you should have to have that, but it no. is amazing, isn't it? Like, It's nice not to be met with opposition about yes. it, I think, is the key. Yeah. Um, another thing that we have in common, and um, this is going to come across really wrong, but you, like, don't have a lot of female friends either, do you? Like here, close female friends. No, I, yeah, I guess... You don't. I haven't no. met them. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like Come on, like, yeah, you've got, like, a couple of really good friends. Yeah. And that's about it. Because you're like me. Like, you work hard all day and sometimes you just want to go home and not see people. Yep. I have um, a rule that you probably know about about my, like, fantastic five. Like, I'm only allowed five really good friends. Yep. Because I just don't have room to be a really good friend to more than that. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, that's why you need to pick friends that That are are hard work. Yeah. Yeah. You can have as many as you want of those. Yeah, but then they're not like your really good friend. Like I just like the idea of being. Do you know how many people you need in your life? What to ten? Close to five. 
There we go. Sorry, five. I, I held up two hands. Oh, but yeah. I meant one. <laughs> five. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably the way I run my life. But what do you do in your spare time? Not that you have much of it. What do you do in your spare time that, you know, satisfies the need of, you know, being happy? Happy. Fulfilled? Fulfilled. Uh, what do I do in my spare time? What do I like doing? I love having baths. Yuck. I know you hate it. <laughs> I had a bath the other night. I filled up my huge bath and, like, put the salts in and stuff like that, bubbles. Sounds amazing. I timed it by two songs. I was in there for two songs. Two songs, So, man. like, seven minutes. That is my go. max capacity. But still, I step in the right direction. Yeah, good on you. Like, so being able to be quiet and still and just be with yourself. I know. Look at you rolling your eyes. But you like that? Uh, I think it's an important part of personal growth. Do you enjoy being alone in your own thoughts? Um, yeah, actually, sometimes I do now. I actually love flying for that. I love flying for watching TV and playing okay. Tetris. That works too. <laughs> yeah, or napping. I'm napping. a really good plane napper. Yeah. So, baths, anything else in your spare time? Because you uh, just... I actually love just pottering out, pottering around home. Yeah. It might sound really weird. Wasting but... time and doing yeah, that. Yeah, like just doing tying. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Is that weird? I'm like, oh, I, I can be so productive. I'm going to tidy my space here and then I'll do work. <laughs> yeah, I don't work at home. Oh, I do. I, yeah, and you have to. You've got to do your notes and stuff like that. I No, 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 no. My notes should be done on shift. I just leave them until yes. the night. And then I have other stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I don't, I do, I've made a pretty concerted effort to keep my work and life, uh, my work life and my home life separate. Yeah. And that's something that means that sometimes you have to work longer for whatever. At the moment, I'm, I can fit it all into my day, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I try not to take it home so that when I'm home, I get to spend all of that time being my home me, I yeah. guess. You should work on that. Well, I should. Yeah. What is this should business? Are you are you placing your values onto me? Well, yeah, because <laughs> then you'd have more time to watch Game of Thrones and have baths. <laughs> Excuse me, it's the final season. And what are you going to replace I still it? make time for baths. Yeah. I Yeah, I would just love more time. You know what? I would probably love more time to do a little bit of exercise and stuff. And I could make that time. You could, but that's not at the top of your priority list because if you really wanted to do it, you would I'd have do just. It. So, just <laughs> and so that's the thing. Like, what do you like doing in your spare time? Well, I'm probably doing all the things I actually like doing, really. Um, I know that you enjoy... Watching me paint. Um, I enjoy <laughs> drinking a drink while, <laughs> while paint. I paint. I enjoy painting sometimes. Yeah, yeah you have to last, be in the mood. Our don't last you? paint session, I did not do well. No, I still have that um, half head bowl. <laughs> Can you burn that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll use it as kindling for the first fire That'll of the year. That'd be great. I um, also have a segment. Did you listen to my the things that grind my gears segment in last season's episode? I did. Was there anything that I hated that you hate? I can't remember. Corn. Oh, kitten heels. I didn't quite know what they were. Did you Google them? Yeah. Oh, you like, found them on a shopping trip. In- how do you define kitten? Like, they're really tiny? Yeah, so... Because I don't like high heels. No, I don't like high heels either. There's a difference between a wedged heel and a kitten heel. So okay. a kitten heel comes down into, like, a stiletto point. It's not cute, and it's real short and stumpy. Okay. Um, often in slingbacks. Slingbacks, okay. Yeah. I don't know what Anyway, you don't have to agree. Is there anything in the world that you particularly don't like? Um, I did think about this when you sent that through as well. And, like, I don't really like spray deodorant, but that's more a personal thing. And that's not even about the environment. I just feel like it doesn't work. Mate, that's on the list. Put it on the list. <laughs> I love that you, like, are confident enough to say that because a lot of people don't like roll-on. What do you oh, like? Really? Those, uh, like, hippie bullshit crystals? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Like, pretty much. Yeah, you like the crystals. Black chicken is working great yep. at the moment. Cool. Yep. Do I like crystals? Well, you know, I don't the, have a heap of crystals. You no, know, you know the crystals that you can put like the scent. Oh no, no, nah, 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 there's nah. some. I don't know. Rubbing thing. Yeah. Rubbing thing. Yeah, wow. that came across wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a crystal for that. <laughs> I also uh, don't like Bob Dylan much. The singer. Yeah, his music makes me angry. Oh. Yep. I had to take it off. Gin's supposedly make women angry too, but I love I like, gin. I love gin. I fucking love gin. I'm getting really on the gin boat. You, you know? should. So we haven't really talked all too much about the stuff that you do as a chiropractor. So I remember when <laughs> I remember when I came in, not like the first time, but and you were like, "Okay, Kyra, what do you want out of this appointment?" I was like, 
I want a miracle cure. Like, I just want to feel really good. Does anybody actually have realistic expectations of what they're going to get out and what's the main thing that you treat? Well, do people have real expectations? Yep. Everyone probably comes in with some different stuff, but, yeah, people are definitely realistic at times. Some people are not so much. Um, And in terms of treating, well, I wouldn't say I treat anything. You, I know you're dying to say this, the Dr. Jess bit. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, are you a doctor technically? And you're like, yes, I'm a chiropractic doctor. Don't call me that. Well, it's, so the doctor treat patient, it actually takes authority away from the person rather and you know, like I mean, What, are you saying I can't hold you responsible for anything? No. (laughs) Come on, I can't be... (laughs) expected to fix myself well that's the thing that's the idea about chiropractic is that it is actually your body is able to self-heal self-organize all that sort of stuff so by having the clear pathways to do so because the brain nervous system controls everything your body can do it yeah so what's the main thing (laughs) listen to it um what's the main thing people come in for like what's the main first i guess symptom that people go okay i need to go see a chiropractor uh, it can be a multitude of things. Uh, I personally see a lot of, I guess, kids with neurodevelopment. A lot of kids. And stuff. Yeah, I see lots of kids. Yeah. Yep. Is that your, like, passion is the kiddies? I really enjoy seeing kids. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't put that on your resume, enjoy touching kids. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. No. Jess enjoys touching kids. And yeah. in, even, well, even in the current climate, it's chiropractic and kids is a it's huge. People are topic. hating on it. Hey. Yeah, they are. Yep. Like they're hating on it and they're not, I mean, it's just that typical good and bad thing. Like they're yes. not They're not going, okay, but they've done all of these amazing things. And, and, and yeah. I'm guessing, and you'll be honest with me on this, there are some shit people out there doing shit things uh, that are making like the one or two probably, people. They probably shouldn't just put videos up like, you know. Yeah, like running emus over, just don't put a video up. That's it. Who did that? Like, guy, he went to jail. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, run over, like, 13 emus or something. Vicious. It's horrific. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so with the ki- with so I know people that take their kids to a chiropractor because their kids aren't sleeping. Okay. Is that a thing? Yeah, and so it's not about curing or treating anything there either. To me, it is kids drive from an area of their brain called the brainstem and so it's all about sleep wake cycles it's digestion it's breathing it's all the things that keep us alive that's sort of automatic so yes if that area is not annoyed which is really at the top of like the base of the skull the top of the spine and so if you think about the whole birth process it's horrific it can be full-on so yeah there can be issues with that and if you can help balance that out do you find that and this is like (coughs) something that I haven't prepped you to answer, so feel free to just ignore me. But is there a difference between kids that are born naturally versus C-section and their, like, health? You're Uh, not on the record or anything. Like, because one got pushed out, yeah, like, in a small hole made big, and then one just got cut out and didn't have that pressure. Like, I know with dogs, when they're born naturally, it, like, pops the sack and all of these important stuff happens. And I feel like that may be an important part of a child as well. I mean, obviously it's not possible for a lot of people, but that, and question. I think that is the thing, that without any judgment, yes, there are certain things that happen. And particularly it's a lot to do with the primitive reflexes, which babies have up until about anywhere from 12 to 18 months most of the time. Which are what? What are primitive reflexes? Uh, there's Breathing. the startle reflex. Uh, no, they're a little bit different to that, but there's like the startle reflex, there's... Uh, 18R sort of cross pattern stuff that it basically a lot of them are set up to help with the birth process itself and then to also help in the early stages of development uh, before we get high brain function coming mm. because we don't we're not born it's called secondary altruition so we're not born with our brains fully developed I believe that, that. happens outside <laughs> yeah well I mean look at a baby can they talk no <laughs> yeah what business does a baby have <laughs> So there's that whole process. And uh, not to say, though, that kids born with, uh, like, caesareans, like, some of them are, you know, they their primitive reflexes are quite integrated. So I actually think it's situational. Yes. We yeah. talk about this um, often. I have this huge belief on it's, like, it's nature, not nurture. Like, it's 
it's where you, you know, they say, oh. Um, I would argue it's both. Yeah, but uh, I'm not disagreeing. But, for example, like cancer, and I'm not a doctor. You are, but I'm not, and you're not this type of doctor. But, um, <laughs> but for example. No, like, I'm not an oncologist. Yeah, I'm not an oncologist. <laughs> but, you know, they say, oh, um, cancer's genetic, and I have no doubt cancer is genetic. But I think you also have a really high disposition of cancer in the Riverland because of sprays and all of this sort of stuff, which I've talked about a lot. And it's just yep. like, well, yes, you may have a gene that says you are more likely to get cancer, but also if you don't live here, you're less likely to get cancer than if you are. It's, what's that, I think, feel like it's some joke. It's like, cancer doesn't run in your family. Nobody runs in your family. Because you're fat? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But that's like, you know, it's not that things run in families. So that leads us into a whole other thing on epigenetics, which is how the genes are expressed. So genes can be turned on or off. Yes, I do know this. It's epigenetics. It's, yeah. I mean, it's quite fashionable these days. Like, lots of people uh, reading up on it. And... I only, like, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I was like, oh, I wonder what happens when you die. And then I just went into this, like, deep, <laughs> like, thought of, like, oh, my God, one day I'm, I'm going to be dead. Do you ever think about that? And I know that you shouldn't and I don't, like, mm. dwell on it, but it just, like, it floats past me every now and again. A lot of people fear death, though, don't they? Absolutely. And I've discussed this in one of my podcasts. I actually believe that it drives people to hope for something higher. Very much so. And, I mean, I'm just, I've just succumbed to the fact that one day I'm going to die and it could be soon because accidents happen and sickness, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, let's say I live to, like, my great-grandma. She was 102 when she died. Yeah, 102. She was tiny, though. Like, okay. I um, I remember seeing her on her 100th birthday and being like, whoa, <laughs> you're so small. <laughs> like, aren't we supposed to grow up, not down? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I Something that would scare me would be living forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's going. We're okay, all right. That's all right. Just... Jess looked at the screen and she's just like, um, there's radio silence. I'm like, no, no, it's working. We got this happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just... I'll stop looking at the screen and stick to what I'm Yeah, what do, it, do, do what you cool. do, hon. Okay. What were we talking about? <laughs> um, I don't even remember. Oh, um, something yeah. that scares me is the idea of, like, living forever. Getting really old scares me. I went to visit my grandma in the nursing home for Mother's Day. So... She had a brain aneurysm at 60. She's turning 80 this year and she's lived in a nursing home for 20 years. Mm. Nursing homes scare me. Yeah. Have you ever had like a like an older person in your life in a nursing home? I have. Did it scare you? Yeah. It's not nice, huh? It's always it's, hot it's there It's pretty too. confronting. Yeah. Well, and so I was a medical receptionist before I went uh, and studied chiropractic and I used to go to the nursing homes every every week. With one of the GPs and it was and? interesting. Yeah, that smell. That smell gets me. <laughs> the smell and like the thick. Every every nursing home has that same smell. Yeah. It carries across. Even if they're brand new, they can be those schmick, nice nursing homes and you're like, oh, this looks fancy and you expect it to smell nice when you walk it's in. It's almost like a hospital smell, isn't it? Yeah. Hospital smell's given, like it's sanitary. Well, so is a nursing home, really. Yeah, but it smells like old moshy food it smells like <laughs> broiled meats i don't think they just keep old meat there definitely slow cooked. like it's they're it's meat. definitely slow cooked <laughs> oh, yeah. it's definitely broiled meat okay yeah sure i'll believe you do you eat meat yeah have you ever gone through a like meatless phase of your life it's probably more now if anything you're going through it now yeah why oh just because i the more i read the more i research i think the better plant-based diets are for us are you gonna like go full hog at it you're gonna give no. it a crack no <laughs> because is the payoff bacon <laughs> is the, yeah and leonie and i were discussing this the other day it's like is the payoff worth it mm. like is the payoff for the veganism or whatever like worth the effort that you put in uh yeah i just think so oh, i don't know maybe some of the some of the diets that are very protein-based, you end up eating a lot of uh, meat, whereas we are actually, our guts are designed to thrive off a lot of plant fibre, insoluble and soluble. So. Yeah, you've got to eat your know. fruit and veg. Nobody's disagreeing with you. Yeah. But those are interesting diets where you just eat, like, fats and 
uh, meat yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so, well, particularly as females, fats are very important. Yeah. I, I like, as you're aware, because I'm like, Jess, can you fix the fact that my uterus and ovaries are fucked by chiropractic care? Um, <laughs> she's like, no, hon, you got to fix that yourself. You fix it. <laughs> you fix you. Yeah, but no. Um, anyway, but. Yeah, but no. It, I, like, I don't do research. That's something that you're fond of, hey? Research? Yeah. Yeah, I love learning. Do you ever get tired? Like, do you ever be like, you know what, I'm doing good just like now, I'm going to stop researching? Oh, I probably just had that phase in the last year after I did a my two-year, like, studies in peds and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm probably due for a little bit of a break and now I'm just getting back into some stuff. Yeah, and what are you studying now? Uh, stuff I probably already have a little bit, but. More just like different chiropractic techniques and stuff. and Techniques. Del- yeah, there's lots of different techniques. I love watching chiropractic videos online. Do you? Yeah. Oh, my God, this scares me. Yeah, you know, because... Ring dinger? I don't know. Nobody that- Google that. <laughs> Everybody go Google ring dinger. <laughs> we must know this. No, but... It is scary. What's ring dinger? Oh, he literally just... Well, I'm going to say crack as much as I hate that word, but he cracks about every segment within someone's body. And I'm just like, wow, how much input does one nervous system need? Like, It's overwhelming, I'm guessing. And they're like, wow, I feel great. I'm like, no, no, you feel nothing. <laughs> you are numb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all honesty, I love watching that video with the guy that uses that strap because I always um, – I have this, I always say to Jamie when we drive past a roller, you know, the ones that roll out the roads, the bitumen roads, I'm like, just for a second, how good do you reckon it would feel to get run over by that? Just like <laughs> stretched out and he's just like, yeah, till you're dead. Like you'd be dead. I'm till like, yeah, I know, but just lightly run over by that roller. <laughs> like just on its lowest, you know, highest setting, just really gently. And, um, yeah, he has this thing that like stretches like the neck. It looks nasty as. But I feel like that with chiropractic care, like I want like an instant fix. Yep. Do you get that? Like do you have clients that are honest with you like I am and be like, can you just make me feel good for just like a minute? Well, yeah, so some people I guess would come in and I guess part of our role is about educating. If you think about the title of doctor, it actually means to teach. Oh. Yeah. I've never learnt much from a doctor. <laughs> like a GP. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that? Do you ever get like referrals from GPs or other way? Uh, not a heap up here, I would say. I think we're slowly building up, I guess, those mutual respect sort of things. Yeah. Do you think that there are some people that are still like afraid of your, not just chiropractic, but I'm talking like naturopaths, all of that sort of stuff? Would you put yourself in a box of those sorts of alternative, alternative therapies? therapies? Well, Yes, Just because, because the private health companies do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started on private health. Um, Big pharma. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I guess we are definitely alternative and it's more of that, well, it's it's not about me telling you what to do with your health. Yeah. I'm sure I'm here to advise and I'm happy to chat, but at the end of the day it's your health and what you do is your choice. And that even, that that's in relation to everyone with their chiropractic care as well. Like, it's actually not my choice. Yeah, I love that every time I come in you give me, like, a shit sandwich and I don't know if you do it. Oh, you, really? Do you know that you do it? No. Because this is one of my go-to things and I was like, oh, I wonder if she learned that from me. Because it's one thing, like, in a in a um, workplace that you tell somebody something really good that they've done and then in the middle you tell them all of the things that you've done poorly and then you end <laughs> it. Then you end it on something positive. And oh you've God. been to me, like, one time, like, oh, I'm really glad that you're starting to feel better, but I know that you're probably not and you keep bottling all of this stuff up, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If you're good, just keep going. And so you're like happy, you know, like positive, negative, (laughs) negative, 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 positive and make like a shit sandwich. And you always work out only remembering the thing at the end and then subliminally at the back you're like, hang on. (laughs) She she just told me that I need to fix my own life. What's going on here? What is this? That's part of it. Like it's... I am on your health journey. I'm not the di- I'm not the driver. I'm not the director. I, I hate it. It's so shit. Like, if you could take one tablet that would make you better, would you take it? Are you talking the red or the blue pill from the Matrix? I hate that movie. If you could take one pill to make yourself better, better than what? 
I don't know, better in than now. To oh, fuck me. It's everything with you turns into like, oh, I don't know. I'd take the blue pill because I like blue better than red. <laughs> you die. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> now, is there anything else you hate that you want to mention? No, I think I finished with Bob Dylan before. I think that pretty much covers it. There was something else that I note that you didn't like that I was oh, trying really? to remember. I actually probably don't like a lot of things. It's just a little bit tough to think of on the spot. Oh, see, I come up with things that I hate all the time. Everybody says to me, it's like, oh, don't you think hate's a little bit of a harsh word? And don't get me wrong, there could be other words. What are things that you dislike or things that annoy you or whatever? But hate's not a bad thing. Like, hate is just... Do you know what it is? Okay, I just thought of it. I'm going to interrupt you. People who don't take responsibility for their own shit. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. It drives me insane. People like, no, no, like it's not my fault or I'm the victim or, you know. You love a good victim mentality. Victim mentalities. Yeah. And and that's something that annoys me too, but I guess I would have just worded it differently before you sort of said it like that. Like people that complain about things and never do anything about it. They just, they don't take responsibility for it. No. It's someone else's fault. It's easier to blame someone else than yourself though, isn't it? Absolutely. That it's my favourite thing to do. what you've been saying the whole time. Like. <laughs> yeah, and don't, and I admit <laughs> that, and that's the first step in the process. Well done. Yeah, I've completed step one. I know. Well, I guess was today, I mean, we've been 45 minutes now, Jess. Was it Great. as hard as you thought it was going to be? No, it wasn't. I still don't know if it's worth listening to, but hey. I mean, I think everybody <laughs> that's listening to this should tune in and step on our Facebook page and hit Jess up with a like because I think for the first time in her life maybe she's like, oh, does people want to listen to what I have to say? Does people want to listen does to people, me? Does people? <laughs> does people want to listen? <laughs> of course they do because people want to listen to real people. Okay. Well, You're a real you person, maybe. I Yeah, Sure. Sure. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of On Wednesdays We Do Podcasts. Next week uh, we will be talking to um, Marissa, who is going to go through her journey with us and looking forward to hearing to you again. So from now until then, you keep doing you, Hans. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. See you (laughs) next week.